So I, so I got this idea for a game where you play animals live in the sewers and radioactive sludge goes down and turns them into anthropomorphic heroes. Do you guys want to play this game? Rain, rainy, that's just Ninja Turtles, dude. Shit. That's actually also uh, sort of accurate, but that happens to kids, right? It's not animals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the turtles are teenagers. That's fair. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Today we are talking about mining media for ideas for your games, your characters, your RPG, whatnots, and who's it's. All that good stuff. Yeah, so mining media, what we mean by that is taking something you love from your favorite book or TV show or anime or movie or anything like that uh, that you've been watching and you're like, wow, I really love that. And I think that would translate really well to a cool moment in a role playing game. Um, you may have heard the term good DMs borrow, great DMs steal. It's important to not blatantly port over your favorite stuff, but instead reskin and reflavor it to make it fit into your game. Yep. Agree. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's all I do. I have like no original story. All I do is just take a different movie or TV series or book series and making it to well, a that game. Was, that was like one of your be- biggest campaigns that I've ever heard of, Jess. It was my yeah, first, first one. one. Yeah, it was my first and my longest one. Yeah. Was my uh, favorite author's book series. I basically just took out the main character and just took her story plot and her world and her NPCs and side characters. So I have a, and it was great. I have a question yeah, for that, And you had fun, though. right? So yeah, that's, that's what counts. I have a question for that, though, Jess. Did you leave the names yeah. of the locations and the places and things like that? Yeah. You did. I literally kept everything the so same. So you really just ran a game within that established universe. Yes. Yeah. So that's yes. a little different than mining a piece of media mining. to, mm, you know what fair. I mean? Not to say it's not similar. I did the same thing. I ran, and I've talked about it multiple times, I've ran a D&D 5e D&D Disney campaign for my brother-in-law and his wife uh, to get them into D&D. And it was really, really great because you have all of that material at your fingertips. Um, instead, what I did, though, as opposed to having them, because everyone knows Disney movies, right? You might have been lucky enough that your players didn't know your favorite book series. They might not have read it. That makes it better and easier to use that stuff. Um, obviously, with Disney movies, I wasn't getting away with shit. Um, so what I had to do was I mined those movies for locations, for potential sources of conflict and threats and enemies that weren't the main enemies of the movies. I shifted the time. So sometimes they arrived before the trouble of the movie that they knew. And sometimes they arrived after the trouble of the movie they knew. So they could see what happened in the fallout and whatnot. Um, But I would say that that's a bit different than simply mining a piece of media and taking something. So yeah, so I was going to say, so it's almost like taking an aspect or a concept or an idea rather than taking established canon. Right. Yeah, we have our running games with canon episode, yeah. right? And you can go back and listen to that if you want to use an established universe. But if you don't want to use the entirety of that property, that IP or what have you, and you just really love a character or you love 
one of the locations in the TV show or in the book or like the confrontation and how the battle progressed or something like that, how the conflict went, you know, details of a location, you can easily just lift that, reflavor it and put it into your own game, right? And make really engaging encounters. Scenes. Scenes. Yeah, characters, adventures, and, yeah. characters. Yeah, exactly. Pieces, and I think I think the best the best way to mine media for things is to take out pieces, because you, you know if you if you lift something whole, wholesale, uh, you run the risk of someone else having read it. And well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but somebody at your table might already know it, and they might just you know run roughshod over it, like what we heard happen with Jess's story. Yeah, uh, you know, and it kind of didn't go the way you wanted it to, but um, you know, you never know what's going to happen at the table. But if you pick out, say, a character or a concept, or like Randy said, an encounter, or even you know, we just as of this recording, we wrapped Invisible Sun um, last last Friday, and um, you know, I, I took wholesale a bunch of different stuff for the for that series. Uh, None of it was plot based, but it was just, you know, just different things that I liked or different things that I thought like, okay, this would be cool. So for instance, you know, the, the Hollow Men were from a T.S. Eliot poem, We Are the Hollow Men. And I actually used some 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 lines I intended to use more of, of the stanzas in it, but I never got around to it. Uh, a lot of the passwords, like the password, I believe in nothing, never really had to. That's from a song. Uh, Time is a treason that I get back to you now. Those, that was another song lyric. Um, the stuff with the angels and demons being different musicians just kind of came up in the middle that of the way, but I rolled with it. Um, you know, Dasein, Johannes Dasein. Dasein is a concept of, of being that was invented by a German philosopher that I used. So that was kind of the, you know, Heidegger, Martin Heidegger created the, the concept of Dasein, which means being there, uh, which was, you know, wound up being a major theme of, of the whole series. So just different things. I just kind of grabbed and stuck in and, you know, really just took them whole cloth, uh, but built them around the narrative and when i started doing that it was just my kind of here's a bunch of stuff that i think is cool and i'm just going to put it in because i think it's weird enough to belong in invisible sun and that's what i did here's here's the way that i kind of envision um how to kind of successfully mining media if you're specifically taking bits and pieces and all that and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it with a media reference because it's the only way i can think about it what year did it come out 2017 what? No, it's, 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 it's like, uh, she's like, no, it's really old. It was 2014 that it came out. 2014, yeah, 2011. I'm talking about Chopped, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. The go. Food Network show Chopped. I was going to say the, the cooking competition Chopped? show. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, okay. But yeah, that's still relative. They, okay, but listen, right? You get a basket of ingredients that all have nothing to do with one another, and then you put them together in a dish that celebrates and utilizes all of them. That is a hysterical analogy, as and it analogy. actually works. But I'm right! You are. You are. That's what matters. <laughs> That's so funny. I thought you were going to go with Barry Mary in the middle of that. And I thought you were going to. No, That's so no, funny. I'm just talking about Chopped. Yeah. Like, it's, it's this weird because you're going to have, you know, like Christian said, you're going to have stuff from all different sources that inspires you depending on how much media you take in. You know, if you're like Radio Christian or you're like me, <laughs> the varying level of media you got going on here. Um, so depending on how many sources you're, you're taking from and you're kind of letting it all inspire you and inspire each other, you're, you're kind of flavoring it together in weird and, and funky ways that just makes it all fit yeah. and interesting. You make now, your own secret sauce. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, now, Sarah, 
I believe, actually, you're going to be sort of leading the one shot we're playing next Friday. And you actually said in the group chat, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to use. And I'm just going to take it from my favorite book. So yes. you kind of you're doing it, right? It's- I Yeah, I joke, you know, it's a running gag. Oh, Sarah's 12. She doesn't know shit about fuck. She doesn't know media. And it's true. I don't know shit about fuck. Uh, however, yeah, can I should I should I give us? Yeah, teaser? go for it. Um, We're going to be running uh, Short Order Apocalypse, which is a one-shot where you are uh, workers at a shit-dead-end job, fucking corporate bullshit, and uh, you're just going to bring about the end of the world by making a deal with the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, whomstever you choose. Hail Satan. And I am stealing uh, the location where everyone works from my favorite book, Horror Store, which is set in a knockoff Ikea. Oh, wow. So you will be employees at a knockoff, knockoff Ikea. Uh, but that book had some had some very, very fun elements uh, that I'm just going to yoink and plop into this. So that one is mostly the setting, um, I guess. Fun. Yeah, that's great, though. No, you, know, awesome. you have a you, you have touchstones for a setting. Right. And that's actually that's a, that's a good word we should use is understand the touchstones of your media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if we're talking, like, I ran Blades in the Dark before we streamed it, I hopefully will be running it again later this year and putting it on stream. You guys can meet all these characters. But the touchstones for that are things like Peaky Blinders or, you know, this Gothic Victorian kind of... Um, what's the other one? Uh, Penny Dreadful, right? I watched those shows. I got in the feel of, like, yeah. those grimy alleys and those, you know, narrow water channels and things like that, the things that you have to think of and hit on. I can just take that smelting works on the edge of a narrow canal and make that a place in the game that has an interesting encounter or interesting interaction and never say, I literally just lifted the concept of this place from Peaky Blinders, right? Yeah, that's a a great point. I actually have something to add to that. Yeah, I, I think it's very important. And actually, this comes from the beginning of the Good Society book. As a matter of fact, when they talk about getting ready to run it and they talk about getting in the headspace of the game that you're going to run. And I think that's really good DMing advice. Get in the headspace of the game you're going to run. And media, even if you don't lift specific villains or locations or things like Rainey's talking about, something that helps you get in that headspace of what you want to do is another perfect way of, of, of mining media. You know, like, yeah. again, I had I had uh, Annabelle Lee in Invisible Sun with like Edgar Allan Poe's poetry, right? And like reading that, just reading it out loud when like, you know, you walk in and describing that, put me in the headspace to describe the rest of the stuff. Having that, like Rainey calls it a touchstone to the media, yep. whether it's music that you listen to that kind of puts you in the right frame of mind or just, you know, you read this book, you think about, like you said, you're familiar with that, you're familiar with that world and you're, it's easier for you to improvise because you're in that headspace. So if something comes up where you need it, you don't need to just, you don't need to panic because you're like, okay, I'm in that headspace. I've got this. This is what happens in that genre or that, that story I'm trying to tell. Boom. And you just run with the tropes that you, you kind of, yeah. you know, absorb. You can, get, you can get in sync with like the tone and Correct. theme. Yeah. I'll say this, um, could, this also helps with, um, I think what I'm going to say could either help with running a game or playing a character. Um, but if you have certain inspiration hubs you draw from, um, like I am a huge fan of Pinterest, uh, and I have Pinterest boards for all my major RPG characters, um, and I I do the same with a lot of the games I run, where I'll look for 
like pictures for inspiration or music. Um, I have playlists for some of my characters and I know some of my friends do too. So just having those things from the outside that you can pull tiny things of towards the game or towards the character like maybe there's a piece of artwork where you're like oh there's like a detail in this window of this painting that I think is super cool and I'm gonna have it be like an eerie detail in the background so yep. it, it can come from anywhere in places like Spotify or Pinterest or wherever you curate your images and music can be huge help for mm-hmm. both running games and playing characters you love actually I want to touch on that as well and say you can do that as a DM or a GM for a game for your players too, for their characters. Um, You can do things like that where even if they're not thinking of it like that, but you see something that reminds you of their characters, either, you know, like you said, in Pinterest in in pictures or even, you know, TV shows or what have you, comic books. If, uh, If one of your players' characters has a certain type of um, disposition and personality and it it is mirrored somewhere in media you can kind of say okay well what are the things that get this similar character in trouble and use that to um engage that that player through their character in ways that will feel natural um but you already have kind of a uh well of inspiration by just kind of saying like oh well they remind me of this other character um so i can use things that uh, made that character's journey or arc or whatever interesting so in, in terms of pulling from media, because we've kind of touched on little things here and there, do we want to go into like specific forms of media and kind of what to pull from them and how that can be used? Sure. I did I did put that in the outline. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the best way to go about it, but oh, I do fine. think that <laughs> different forms of media do work better for certain types of mining, if that makes sense. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I see what you have here. So I've said this before with TV shows, but I think as a DM, it's very, very, very helpful to you to think of your campaigns as seasons on a Netflix, of a, of a television show, like a Netflix yes. series or whatever. Because Agreed. that way it, you, 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 you have a built-in structure for the arcs. Even if you don't know what the arcs are going to be, you, you roughly know, okay, you know, at the beginning of, of session zero, you, you, you say, okay, we're going to write, we're going to play this for 12 sessions and we're going to see, you know, if we like it or not. If we don't, we'll, we'll leave the characters behind. If we do, we'll, we'll renew the season. We'll pick it up at some point in time, right? But you have that time frame. Everybody knows what their commitment level is. It's a really good thing. But also it helps you with the pacing, with pace. So if you yeah. have characters to say, like, you know, these are sort of the arcs that these characters would logically have based upon the sort of characters you have. You have 12 sessions or, or whatever amount of time it is to, to space them out. You don't want someone to solve their arc in, like, the first two sessions and then have nothing to do. Or just be like, yay, I'm an actualized human being. Now I'm just going to hang around and be happy for the next, you know, 10 sessions. That's not a fun character. Yeah, TV shows have the benefit of being a lot longer than really any other form of media outside of maybe comics. Um, Because, you know, they do go for seasons. They have, you know, even if episodes are a half hour long, but it's 26 episodes, you're talking 13 hours. That's way more than a movie, you know, and they really do help you kind of nail like christian said pacing um so you should think about that if you're watching tv shows you realize there's an a plot a plot and a b plot um you can kind of do that with your characters and say like this is 
this character is the A plot for the next few sessions, but we need to tie in the rest of the characters B plot like into the bigger story, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean that's that's a good thing to pick up as a DM watching just watching Netflix series and and looking at how they juggle, particularly shows that have a good like a strong cast of strong characters, ensemble, yeah, ensemble cast where they juggle the different characters, and even over seasons, some characters are on the forefront in one season might fade to the background next season. You know, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, a, re- a really good show to do that. Uh, I've watched seven seven seasons of but I, I kind of lost interest after a while. Wentworth, uh, which I know I've recommended time and time again to Amber because it's like something that's right up her alley, but it's, it's an Australian show about a women's prison. Oh. And they have just a bunch of very strong characters and they do a fantastic job of making sure every character has a subplot going and pacing it out over the seasons and making you want to watch the next show. I mean, I, my wife and I binged it like over like four weeks, seven seasons, because we couldn't like stop watching. It's that good. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, but Wentworth is a really good example, but there are plenty of other really good examples of that too. Just pay attention to how that's done. And that helps you in a session where you make sure that the people at your table, nobody is always at the forefront because other people will feel left out if you're doing that. Yeah, I love that. I never have really thought about that before in terms of mining almost like story structure, Mm -hmm. right? When I thought of mining, I've always thought of like maybe either taking a character story or a villain story or a setting thing. But I love that idea of kind of looking at just like story structure or like character arcs or um, yeah, like how, like you were saying, seasons go or just how story structure works and planning that out. Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of what I mine from media are those ideas. It's not even just like taking the pacing and timing and things like that. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Yeah, pacing. I'll give you an example. When I ran um, our Call of Cthulhu Hudson and Brand um, game, uh, I, I made sure that I had three characters. I made sure that every single one of them had like a minor thing going outside of the main mystery that they were having, right? So we had um, Dr. Luisa who's being haunted by ghosts, <laughs> which, and, and you know, the ghost of a sorcerer who told her this is where you can find this spell book. And the spell book gave her the ability to basically talk to her dead lover who had been killed by Jack the Ripper, uh, although she never wound up <laughs> wow. getting around to using that. Yeah, Eddie that Cocaine. Wasn't his was name. His name. We just kept forgetting. And, and uh, no, it was like it was like Eddie Cochran, but we turned it into Eddie Cocaine. Uh, and uh, we had another character, Cordelia, who was in the underworld. So there was a lot of like underworld shenanigans and her being invited into like these sort of shady like political alliances uh and then one of my favorites was our last character raleigh who within the context of hudson and brand the players inherited this like weird detective agency right that investigated like cthulhu stuff so that plot line was raleigh finds strange shit at 33 Golden Square. So he found like a bowl that if you put flowers in it, they'll just never die, regardless if you have to put water or not. But as soon as you take them out, they'll die. He found um, a haunted ring. He found all this stuff that like, like defied the laws of physics in like really minor ways. It was, it was just, yeah, it was just creepy enough to be creepy, but it wasn't like world ending, you know? Uh, a bone flute that just kept disappearing and like appearing in different places. Uh, so just different stuff. And there was, there was actually going to be a culmination of what that wound up being. We dropped the campaign. Maybe we'll pick it up one day. But make sure that everybody... And that was at the end, either the beginning or the end of every session. I'd make sure that everybody had that one part of that happen to them, right? And then we get into the main part of, of role-playing, and then we just cycle back to that next session. So there was a minor plot for all of them that was, that was in, increasing every single time we played. That actually makes me think of something... You know, obviously... 
you can use TV shows in their longer form to think about character arcs. That's a great way to do it. Pacing. Another great thing about TV shows is that they're episodic. Or not all of them, but you know, you, you have to think in that digestible um, episode time frame. So if you get used to knowing basically what needs to happen in an episode to make it entertaining and engaging and, and kind of encompassing, and obviously cliffhangers too. You can learn a lot from TV shows. You don't get cliffhangers a lot from movies um, because they need to wrap up. So TV shows are really good about learning when to drop that cliffhanger. As, as um, are the next thing on our list, comic books, which I'll talk about. Yeah, later. I was going to get to that yeah. too. Um, so actually, I was going to talk about comic books because that's another great place for character arcs mm-hmm. and um, character entanglements. And you mentioned how one of your characters in Hudson and Brand was in the underworld factions like Mm -hmm. you know comic books and books are great for groups of people coming together for a cause and you can take that kind of idea and turn it into whatever you want right but like you have that power structure you have interesting ways to play with how they interact with your world and the characters and other factions and things like that um i do a lot that's actually one of the biggest things i pick up from for media is i'll be like that's a really cool concept for like a movement or a group and i'll take that and be like how would that work in my fantasy world? Like, what would these people look like? And I I love factions. They complicate everything, right? Like, like who are really the movers and shakers? Um, without having every game needing to be like, you meet with the king and the queen. It's like, who cares about the king and the queen? Really, who's pulling the, sh- the strings is these people. You know what I mean? And you can have much more interesting characters. That's me. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Jess, did you have something to say? Oh, I was going to say that um, I feel like one thing that happens in media and things like that and stories and things like that that we've recently added to our campaign is like flashbacks. Yeah, We never really used to run flashbacks as part of our campaign story, um, but now we do kind of character flashbacks to kind of add more kind of story depth to the character and things like that, which I've really enjoyed. The other thing I was going to say is, um, I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but I would love at some point um to talk for rainy to kind of talk about his system of kind of mining and organizing uh media ideas because like i know for me personally i will watch something or i'll see something i'm like oh my god that would be great to include in a DD campaign i'm like i'm gonna remember this but like a month later i don't remember at all (laughs) and like when a campaign comes up and i'm like okay here are my ideas and then sometimes like something will occur to me from like a previous tv show or things like that but most of the time i forget all of them oh so i would love at some point for rainy to talk about his system because i think it's amazing i am a compulsive organizer. I will vouch for this. Having Now that I work with the man to design things, is he's compulsively organized. It's ridiculous. Um, because it just helps, right? Yeah. To have everything that you need in one place. My Homebrew World Google Drive folder is insane with the amount of different documents I have for literally everything. Um, but every time I have an idea, if obviously I'm not always near my phone, but uh, I mean near my computer, but I'll have my phone and I'll just go to my notes and I'll write down ideas. Um, you know, let me just tell you right now, like in my homebrew world, Google Drive, I have things like um, alchemy ingredients and herbalism, like plants and things like that for foraging. And I have my own alchemy set of rules for 5e. Um, I have holidays and a calendar that I made. I have loot and magic items that are all homebrew and I have um plot hook side quest dungeon concepts i have a list of 100 books that are puns on dumb books i have puzzles riddles traps and then obviously just like massive lists of npc names and all this stuff so yeah i mean 
when whenever those ideas hit you, have a place to put them that you can easily access or reference because yeah I, I would just i just like i'm not as organized as Randy is i just um send myself an email and then save it just to like one doc I mean, you know, yeah. there's no organization it's just a bunch of paragraphs and i'll just like read through it and be like oh yeah i wanted to use that or this or whatever and just you know it's in there and i mean you can see me on stream like pulling it up and like reading some stuff out of it a couple like out of Aaliyah, i had the whole poem just copied and pasted in there different stuff like that that song that amber's mom's character sang to her i had that paste and thrown in a songbird uh and just you know just grab it throw it in there pull it up when you're playing that's what i would do and just kind of looking at that helps jog my memory uh and i'm old so i need that <laughs> we haven't talked much we've brought it up multiple times but we haven't talked much about comics and books uh and actually we should talk about movies too but we'll end with movies i guess I i'll Go say ahead. this about comics and i've said this before i think personally like not not Comics won't make you a good writer, but if you want to be a writer, like I would say like just pick a comic you think you're mildly interested in and read it for a couple of years because you will learn pacing and how to get someone to keep reading. Because the comic writer's job is to get you to buy next month's issue, right? And one of my favorite things about comics is that last splash page they have in every comic. Every comic's 32 pages. Page 32 is the splash page of like next month's villain or whatever's going to happen. It's like Dr. Doom's there and he's like, waha, Richard. Yeah, big, you know, huge and, picture. And you know what's coming and you're going to buy next month's issue. That's what they want you to do. And use that for your campaigns. That's a good season uh, yeah, cliffhanger. Season cliffhangers, seasons, even sessions, like foreshadow next session. I did that for a while. I experimented it with experimented with it with my son a little bit when I was running a, a Mutants and Maximize campaign with him where I would just like metagame a little bit and like show him what the villain was doing. You know, yeah. like you're, you're an impart, you're a third party observer. You have no way of like, you know, interacting with this, but this is what's happening. This is what's going to I love know, doing You're going to deal with this next session. And, you know, with playable, with people who aren't going to metagame, that, that can be really powerful and work really well. I need to use that more when I run, you know, with you guys. But um, I legitimately really well. love yeah. doing vignettes of behind yeah. the curtain. Yep. Um, especially if you can write it in a way that doesn't give too much away, but makes everyone immediately yep. everybody suspicious and, and curious. Yeah, right? yeah. Even if you just show like, oh, here's you know this guy you know, like carving a piece of wood, and everyone's yep. gonna be like, what the hell is he doing? Who's this guy? And then yeah, they why encounter that guy, guy like carving a piece of wood, you know, a town, the side of the road or whatever. They're gonna freak out. Uh, and the other thing I would say about comics is you get your best villains and what like what Randy talked about the relationships with their heroes in comics because you have like 80 years of history there that mm -hmm. has to grow organically in your own campaign but build villains who are interesting enough that that can happen with mm -hmm. and that's hard in D&D &D and games there's a lot of combat because the tendency is to just kill people right away um, yeah but if you can keep if you can keep them alive again to keep coming back and we talked about this in our running villains episodes which you should go listen to like use that and, and use that for inspiration of how it's done Right, tie them, tie the, the hero and the villain together, so they like they almost they can't kill each other. Right. We we talk about this a lot in the context of D and D, but like it feels so bad in D and D to be like, and the villain teleports away and is gone. Hmm. Like it feels so bad in D and D because you're expecting to just whoop ass and yeah. get loot. That's what the game wants you to do. But in a lot of other RPGs. Villains getting away just makes the story better. Mm -hmm. But in D&D, &D, you're going to get those salty power gamers who are like, 
oh, that, that should have been an attack of opportunity and like all these rules because it's like all it cares about is combat. You're mm-hmm. supposed to win. There's not supposed yeah, to be and, moments you know, where they the get way around. around it would be like, all right, you killed him, then he was resurrected, then this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, that gets really old after a while too. Yep. So. I love that Rainy just said whoop ass. Whoop ass, man. <laughs> they just expect to whoop ass. That's what characters expect to be able to do because that's what the game sets it's them true. up to do. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it's true. Um, Jess, before you go, you had a very good point in chat for one of your favorite things to mine. This isn't book or comic book related, but if you want to share it. Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying that uh, I mine accents a lot because I'm pretty terrible at them. Um, And I need to listen. Yeah, I need to. Well, I guess we're all pretty bad. But like uh, in order to do an accent, uh, I need to like take a person in a show and just like watch it over and over again and just like listen. And that's 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 what I most. I don't have to do that. That is that is such a good that is such a good um, piece of media to mine, though. Watch a show. If you love someone's accent practice it and then you'll get it oddly enough uh for all of the australian media that i very much enjoy i suck at australian accents and it makes me so sad um sarah you haven't talked in a while uh you talked about we're talking about mining media and it's me (laughs) talk about good society sarah i was gonna say have you used books or like uh, things from your favorite stories in other campaigns have you ever I mean, the, the problem is not, I mean, I, I definitely compared to you guys have a lot less of game running experience. Um, I've been a player for most of my RPG career, other than um, some one shots here and there. And the, the one game I have been running. Um, although I did, I did steal something uh, in a single episode of, of Pathfinder. Uh, it was... Well, it's from a very weird place of media called a Disney ride. Perfect. Um, as long as it's, it's awesome. not, a, as long as it's not, it's a small world. We're good. No, nope, it is not. Um, so there was a week where one of the players couldn't make it, and uh, we originally weren't going to play for some reason. I, I might have been on vacation too, but then people were like, "Oh man, I want to play." I was like, "Fuck it, give me an hour. Let's go." Uh, and so I did a dream sequence episode. And uh, part of that was they kept being kited around by this tiny purple dragon. Ah uh-huh. Figment. Yes. Uh, I called him Fig, and yep. he was a baby dragon of uh, dreams. That's awesome. And yeah, really so I, really I, I used him to kind of bring them around this weird dream world and get them to um, someone who I stole from a different section of Pathfinder lore, to Hanakepsu, who is a dream dragon, um, and is from a different adventure path altogether. Could not tell you which one. Um, and I just led them to her. And I was like, sure, here's your one episode thing. Um, but I just used Figman, who's a, a character I've loved since I was a little kid, uh, and just threw it in there for shits and giggles. And now Fig is a canonical <laughs> dragon in my Pathfinder campaign. Yeah, perfect. That's great. Yeah. That's a great example. See, you so, did it. So I guess I guess what my conclusion is, is you can mine shit from weird places. Literally anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, because the important part, and let's get back to this, is that you don't just rip it. Like it'd be, it would have been, I would have called it out as an egregious sin <laughs> if you just been, oh, it's Figment from Disney is in our Pathfinder game. Because then you just ruin all sense of, yeah, no, you know, you get rid of that, uh, suspension of disbelief because it's just so jarring but what you did was you took the idea and turned it into something that would make sense you know yeah reskinned reflavored 
kind of described it generally and my best friend was the first one to pick it up on it because she knows I love him and he's on my wallet. So like, of course she picks up on it, but it still is different because it's in this different context and he's doing different things and it's not the one from the ride. It's just like him. That's great. Mm -hmm. On that note, maybe we should also talk about like, I don't know if we've ever talked about like the things that you can do to like mine things but also mine them in a way where your players don't change them and realize where it's coming from yeah you know i'm very lucky that my players usually never watch or read the same things that i do Mm -hmm. um so anything i pick is usually up for grabs yeah one of the one of the easiest ways to do this is at least for me because i also try to read a lot and i know my friends aren't reading the books that i'm reading it's very easy to pull characters from that con- con- concepts of characters, what they represent in the book, foils, lancers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the big guy, the smart guy, etc. Um, And you can gender bend. You can, Oh, there goes, we lost Jess phone died. Um, you could do that, you know, change genders, um, change species, races, whatever. It depends on the kind of game you're running. You know what I mean? The important part is that you, again, to talk about our invisible sun game, you get the concept of them. Mm-hmm. And then you can put it in whatever body you want, whatever form you want, right? Um, changing it enough is is all in, you know, cosmetics. I think the I most think. important thing in, in when you know you want to use something is looking at the core of its essence and what about it you want to use. Um, yeah. I will use Fig again for an example. I wanted, uh, I took that and the essence I pulled out of it was small playful mischievous dragon mm-hmm. and i kept him purple because i thought it was cute it's a good color but it's, it's a good color it's a great color it's my favorite um, but that was the essence of that character that i wanted um and so i was able to utilize that without it being uh exactly him but it's, it's finding the, the core of the thing you want i guess is what i'm getting at is find the essence that makes you love it and what is it about that thing that makes you want to use it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like christian said at the very beginning um take away bits strip it you know yeah strip Uh, it down to don't pull it in whole cloth yeah Yeah. strip it real good yeah put put on a little show with it yeah well i know that i was i was changing it oh okay see oh see what she did there she took a piece of media and and changed it oh my god this was a little patronizing no. <laughs> I made fun of myself more than anyone else. Yeah, that was great. That was really We good. haven't talked about a huge bit of media that I feel like is great, but is also deceivingly simple, which is movies. It would seem like, and I will caution people against this, it would seem like movies, because they're two hours long, would make a good one shot. They often don't, mm-hmm. because movies are allowed to dilate time in interesting ways that it will not feel right sitting down at a table playing a role-playing game if you're going to take things from movies my my biggest piece of advice is use the big thing like the showdown or the villain or you know what i mean like those are the things to take from movies because you can if you take the villain and you understand their goal in the movie you can change that have a similar goal in your world and they can go about it by entirely different means yep. but you have this really great again touchstone or 
really excellent moments, like the end of Die Hard, right? Like, that's an awesome place to have a fight. You know someone's going off that building, right? Like, um, which is kind of how I flavored a Tomb of Annihilation battle that we had. I threw one of my characters off a 300-foot tall spire, and they fell and died. And it was epic. Like, the guy, the, the character wasn't even mad. He was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a cool way to go out. You know what I mean? Like, I would say I would add one more thing you can you can get up from movies that's very easy to mine and like nobody will ever pick up on it is think of the fact that a movie a movie is a combination of a lot of different arts right so you have music involved you have visuals involved you have the storytelling aspect involved and the things that Rainey talked about is a lot of the storytelling aspects but strip the visuals from movies because oh, what happens true. what happens with movies is that they are cast a lot of times you don't have exposition in a movie. Right, it's just like if something's like a scummy canteen, they have to show you that with the set and the way they film it before the action gets down because the dialogue is, is probably going to be very minimal, right? So they have to show you those things. So think about how movies do that. Think about again when I talked, we talked about earlier, right? Getting in the headspace of the game. If you're running, you know, if you're running a, um, a horror game, like think about how they use light and things in horror movies mm-hmm. and use that in your descriptions. If you're running like a film noir, it's always fucking raining. Describe that, right? Everybody's smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey. Like, use all that stuff, right? And, and use those use those visuals to aid in your descriptions of the set where the characters are, and that will that will develop and portray and and give them mood. Yeah, mood. One which is thing important. I would say you could definitely pull from from film, especially. I would say the TV show can fall into this, but mostly film is if you are running a game in a particular genre. Pull yeah. tropes from that yeah. genre, like yep. you know, with the film sure. noir, it's always raining. Absolutely. In our fucking superhero game, we played a guy got fucking yeeted out of a building, and but you know, was friend, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a superhero. Right. Dude yeah. into a crater, like yeah. it's those tropes that yeah. when you you add those details, it makes the world feel alive and adds to that genre. Yeah, it reinforces the feel you're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I would actually say I'm going to give out the first bit of homework ever in Modified Roles. If you listen to this and you are listening for advice on running your games, watch one of your favorite movies and then pause it at one of your favorite scenes or at a very evocative scene and then think about how you ingested the the mood, the tension, all of this stuff, right? And then pause it and think about how you would write it to describe it to a table of players, yep. right? Um, how do you convey that in words? Cause you don't have a screen with the thing you're looking for. You know what I mean? Um, and y'all quickly probably find yourself going, okay, I know how to describe a lot more now just by mm-hmm. realizing the words you want to use this. You know what I mean? Uh, that's very good. Christian setting elements is mm-hmm. massive. Yeah. It's one of those little things you can do that'll make you an exponent- exponentially better DM. I know words. I don't work good. We fine. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Modified Roles. Uh, if you've enjoyed it and are listening on one of them podcast apps that lets you do ratings and reviews, we would love that. Uh, it helps us get seen more and it lets us know that you love us. And good golly gosh, do we need that love and attention. We're desperate, please. If you like what you've listened to here, you can follow us on all the social medias at DMs After Dark. You can also email us one-on-one at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Questions, comments, complaints, stories? We will take stories, gladly. If you've done your homework that Rainy assigned you, tell us what you did we let me know how know. it went send us your writing 
I'd yeah. love that. Send us the thing. We're into this shit. We're big fucking nerds. Uh, and we will be back at you next time. And until then, I say this against my own will, ingest more media. Keep stealing. There we go. I like that one better. Keep stealing. Seize the memes of production. You little kleptomaniac. <laughs>